So this past week was vacation Bible school. Um, if you find any bits and pieces of glitter around here in the sanctuary, that's your sign. Um, <laughs> but we had a lot of fun this week. We explored the theme of being a change maker, someone who changes the world for the better through the love of God. And I know that some of our people who helped out will have that change maker song stuck in their head for a very long time. Um, but we started off on Monday looking at how Nicodemus um, in the Gospels asks questions and learns from Jesus about how it is okay to ask questions. Now, if you happen to be a six-year-old, you are probably quite accustomed to asking questions. <laughs> and let me tell you what, they did not disappoint. I asked the crowd of EBS kids what they would like to ask Jesus, and my favorite answer came from little Fiona Fitzpatrick, who said, I'd ask Jesus what he eats for breakfast. <laughs> I don't know what Jesus ate for breakfast. <laughs> now, for little ones, it's easy to think about asking God questions. But I know that for some of us, and maybe if you come from an older generation, asking God questions can be difficult simply because you were raised in a way that wasn't taught to ask questions about faith or religion. But I really believe that not asking questions can be a little bit dangerous. And I think our story from the book of Genesis today proves that. We come back to Abraham and Sarah, although Sarah doesn't happen to be a part of this story today, and they have their son Isaac. Isaac's grown up a little bit, but he's still a child. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, we hear that God is calling Abraham. Abraham, take your son and go offer him as a burnt offering on the Mount, on the Mount of Moriah. To which Abraham responds, cool, sounds like a plan. <laughs> Let's pause there, okay? This is where Abraham should have asked some questions. What do you think he should have asked? Why? Yes, good. I think he should have said, um, excuse me, God, uh, what do you mean go sacrifice my son? You, God, promised me this son, and I waited many many years for him. Why would you want me to go and sacrifice something that has brought me so much hope and that I love so much, plus something that you, God, believe will be the person from whom generations of people will be born who will ultimately follow you, God? It doesn't make sense. That is what I think Abraham should have said. I think he should have asked some questions of God. But we know how the rest of the story goes. Sweet Isaac, on their journey, innocently asks, Hey, Dad, where's that burnt offering going to come from? And Abraham says God will provide, even though he doesn't really know that for sure because he does believe that God has told him that Isaac will be the burnt offering. They make it to the top of the mountain, and just as Abraham is about to sacrifice Isaac, the angel of the Lord intercedes. Stop. Don't do that. 
but since you were about to do that, now I know that you fear God. Congratulations, you passed the test. Now, one biblical commentator that I read also asked some questions and wrote, is this a story of an abusive God, a misguided Abraham, religious violence at its worst, or is it a story of faith and obedience? I think the way we most commonly hear this and the way that the authors of the text certainly set it up is that Abraham was being tested by God to see if he would blindly follow whatever God told him to do. And they kind of agree that he passed that test. And therefore, he becomes this very faithful man who deserved to be Father Abraham, who had those many sons. Yeah. Yeah. And daughters, of course, too. And that's definitely one way that we can see it and we can interpret it. But I'm going to be honest, that doesn't really satisfy me especially when I think about who I know God to be. I don't know that I have ever experienced this kind of a God who for the sake of blind faith would have people suffer in order to follow him or would kill somebody's son for the sake of that. So I used my VBS skills this week and I asked some questions. And the one that I came to that really hit home for me is this. Is this God, who the story explains as a God who is testing Abraham by seeing if he will get him to sacrifice his son, is that the same God that I know through Jesus? I don't know that I've ever seen Jesus asking people to suffer in the name of God or kill people they love. And so my gut reaction was, no. And now, I know that there are theologies out there. It's kind of easy to make this hop, skip, and a jump to seeing Abraham sacrificing Isaac as God sacrificing Jesus. But on the cross, God is not committing filicide. That is killing your son or daughter. God is sacrificing God's own self so that we don't have to know the power of death. It is different. But... Around the time of Abraham, there were definitely cultures that sacrificed children in the name of their gods. So maybe Abraham would have thought, why would God, why would my God be any different than those other gods who require children to be sacrificed? And then I wondered, is this really a story of facts about who God truly is? Is God someone who would go back on the promise of the covenant just to see if Abraham would blindly follow him? Or is this a story with a bigger picture in mind? And by that I mean, is this a bigger picture story, one that encompasses Abraham's understanding of God from beginning to end? And therefore, a story that teaches us about how we can potentially see God. So perhaps it is a test, but I don't think God is asking us to never ask questions. But I do kind of wonder if God is testing Abraham to see how Abraham sees God. And so I want to look at Abraham and what Abraham thinks about 
God. At the very beginning of Abraham's story, we learn that God has chosen Abraham. Abraham's never been perfect. Just think back to last week when we heard the story of poor Hagar and Ishmael. They get sent away into the desert by Abraham to die after they have been used so poorly by them. And then if we jump back even farther than that, Abraham gets the very first news when he is about 75 years old that he and Sarah are going to have a child. God's going to make them a great nation. They will be blessed to be a blessing. That's Genesis 12. That's the first promise that God makes to Abraham. Then in Genesis 13 and Genesis 15, God reminds Abraham of that promise. In Genesis 16 is when Abraham uses Hagar. Then in Genesis 17, God reiterates the promise yet again about the generations. There have been at least four different times when God has promised a child to Abraham one that will come from his and Sarah's marriage, and one that will cause them to have many, many generations who will come after them. This promise, the covenant between God and Abraham, has been shared time and time again. And yet there's still this seed of doubt in Abraham. Somehow he just doesn't think that God's going to follow through. So much so that he forcibly has that child with Hagar. He does that because he doesn't have faith in God's good promise. It is so hard for Abraham to believe that God has good in store for him. That God would follow through on God's hopeful promise. And yet, the minute that God says Abraham should go and kill his beloved son Isaac and ruin the covenant and the promise between him and God, Abraham goes along with it. When the God in this story says, kill the son who will bring about this hopeful future where a great multitude of people will know about God, Abraham says, cool, yeah, that sounds right. That sounds like the God that I have come to know. He doesn't question it. It is so much easier for Abraham to believe that God would want death for him as opposed to God wanting life abundant. And so I wonder, are we any different than Abraham? Who is God to us? Because whoever God is to us, that is how we will respond. So will we believe in the hopeful promise that has been told to us time and time again? Or will we believe in punishment and death? The God who is in Christ Jesus is God. And that God is willing to sacrifice God's own self. Not us or what we love, but selflessly God's self so that we might have life and have it abundant and not know the finality of death. So do you trust that God is the one who brings life abundantly, or do you believe in the God who wants to take away hope from you, who asks you to do the unspeakable to those you love or to suffer unspeakable traumas in God's name? The answer seems pretty clear. But I know it can be tough. 
because somehow it is always easier to believe what is good won't last. It's easy to doubt like Abraham doubts God. But God doesn't kill Isaac, and I don't believe that God actually would have. Isaac does indeed live and becomes the father of many nations, and that isn't dependent upon Abraham's level of faith. That is dependent upon who God was from the beginning, a God who makes promises, a God who brings forth life, and a God who loves. So friends, let us believe in that God. Amen.